Hello and welcome to Last Sons of Krypton, a Superman podcast. I'm Cora from the House of Hell. And I am Ray from the House of Zod. And today is a special day because this is like one of the first issues in a long, long time that is kind of my request. Yeah. So, like, this, this is something I've picked that isn't for any upcoming releases or mm-hmm. anything. It's just something I've picked that I wanted to read. Um, um, yeah, I bought this, like, I think, well, a year ago, maybe, mm-hmm. a while ago. Uh, so it I- is Green Lantern and Superman. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Legend of the Green Flame. Yeah, I can't believe you. So you bought it and you just like left it on your shelf. You didn't. You didn't decide to read it at all. Well, we were doing so much on this that I didn't really uh, fit it in. Oh, now, so. so you. So you bought it when we already started um, last Suns, yeah. 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 Oh, okay. I think. I think I bought it fairly early. Um, maybe like I can't remember exactly when I bought it, but. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so I have the original copy of it, and I also have, there's a version that is collected in the DC Universe by Neil Gaiman right. as well, so that's where you can pick it up, and, like, if you go on eBay, it's about anywhere from, like, 10 to 30 Australian dollars to pick this up, mm-hmm. like, by itself, uh, or you can get, like, the DC Universe by Neil Gaiman to get a bunch of other stories, but it doesn't have uh, the afterword by Mark Wade. Right. Uh, but it does have the new game part. Yes. So, um, yeah, it depends. Do you want to get this story and have Batman on the cover, or do you want to get this story and have Superman and Green Lantern on the cover? <laughs> it's up to you. Because uh, there's a lot of Batman stuff in the DC Universe by Neil Gaiman thing. Uh, uh, which yeah. I haven't read, but I will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I, I also, yeah, I bought the Neil Gaiman trade as well. And it just oh. coincidentally had the Green Lantern Superman story, and I was actually buying it for whatever happened to the Cape Crusader, which I hear about a lot. So okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, we uh, also as well. We've been blessed with um, plenty of like requests to keep us busy. Um, so yeah, they've been really really fun to do. But you know, I, I'm quite keen to, and we've done like raise random as well. But so I'm. Cr- so I'm pretty keen to actually um, dive into this one, which is, uh, I guess we could say, exclusively yours, Connor. Yeah, um, I've been I've been looking forward to reading this for a long, long time, and the blurb is like it's not super 100 percent accurate. It's not really that accurate, but like it's the greatest blurb of all time. <laughs> yeah. um, so you know, the blurb would be like it's an out of ten. <laughs> but we're not. So, no. and I think the uh, yeah the 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 page size is about the same in these two editions, and like the coloring's the same. So mm-hmm. honestly, it doesn't really matter which edition you get; you'll just be missing an afterward by Mark Wade. Yeah, if you grab the collection, right? So or you can just grab both. Well, I don't uh, know. yeah, if you if you have the, but it's good because both options are reasonably priced. Yeah, right. And there's like I think it's like a nine point eight. CGC on eBay for 140 Australian dollars, which is pretty cheap for a 9.8 anything. So wow, um, yeah, cool. I but mean, we we don't have only that to look at, which is although it is our main kind of thrust for this episode, we've got a couple. Yes, we of, do have more. 
Yeah, a couple of regular um, Superman or Superman-related titles. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, so... Yeah, sorry, Connor. It's, uh, yeah, so uh, issue 21, I guess the Superman, it's the, uh, the follow-up to, obviously, the, the Mongol saga as well as ramifications of of Clark revealing his identity and claiming to be the king of king of earth um that's in superman 21 and uh there's also superman villains number 1 um yeah the first of its kind i'd imagine kind of looking at the wiki it's volume 1 issue 1 um and it's uh kind of like a an anthology of Perspectives from the the Superman villains uh, and their reactions. I mean, that's what you think it would be. Mm. <laughs> well, no, no, I mean most. Of, I mean, the, we'll get into it, but um, yeah, uh, mo- well, most of them would be. But there would be, yeah. There's a there is a running thread there that will, um, yeah, we can't wait to discuss. Okay, well, let's get into villains right now. Um, I think it sucks. <laughs> like, I don't know how you messed this up. I mm. just wanted. A uh, book with all these different villains reacting to the Clark Kent reveal, and we got very little of that compared to everything else in the book. With this stupid Daily Planet stuff, mm. which was just awful and boring and full of Bender speak. Yes. Uh, and you have the same old now Mark Park Kenner back. Yay! What's her debut? Another sentimental, you know. Mm. Talk between Superman and Pa. Oh God, I haven't seen this a million times before. I'm glad they were gone because I don't have to see this every time. Yeah, Superman had a problem. Yeah, uh, you know, and it just just so fan servicey. Like yes, but well, I'm sure some people will be happy to cancel back. Uh, cool, but me, it's like why mess, why muddle things? Yeah, or at least. You know, if they're trying to go back to post crisis, at least keep Parkin dead because he was dead there. So, anyway. mm. um, yeah. Whatever. I mean, I, I I thought I was going to be the cynical one, <laughs> Connor, about about this because uh, I found this very, as you're saying, um, I don't know. I guess repetitive in this in this thing. Like they're included, so what do you do? And the, the most obvious thing would be to have this very kind of warm, sentimental kind of dnm between superman yeah. and his dad and uh and them just looking at the sun arm in arm uh, it kind of just drips drips with it uh it's very fan servicey yeah it was a very strange one to open with i was a little um the only thing i got from this and i found interesting at all was so they're they're being like um masked are they similar to the bat cave uh, yeah. Somehow, and that's and and Superman was suggesting that they they use a Bermuda Triangle, um, but apart from that, uh, everything else is just kind of run of the mill um, for me for for this little short start. Um, it's also kind of like adds a bit of a dickish layer to Superman revealing his identity now that his parents are alive again. Mm. Is that old and frail? <laughs> yeah. Whereas, like before this, his family was Lois Lane, who he kind of always has an eye on. And and then his son, who's also a superpowered Kryptonian in the future, but mm. now it's like now they have to mask their farm and stuff. Yeah. So, you know. yeah. and it's like these speeches have been done better. Mm. 
as well. Like these talks between parents who've been done better. Uh, for all seasons, did it better in yeah. every single way and had, you know, depth and stuff. Um, this is just like. Yeah. And see, the, the danger of actually rehashing this is that you do start comparing them with yeah. things before and, and, and so it becomes um, measured against the others uh, and, and that's a real danger because if it's not done properly or better or in any different way, then it just becomes a, yeah, it just becomes a rehash. Um, yeah. I agree with you about the Bender stuff. I mean, that stuck out like a sore thumb. Uh, the only, only thing, I, again, that I really gleaned from that was... Uh, the like the end bit that um, Marisol Leon is a is a head and it's, she's been revealed as the head of the Invisible Mafia, so that they didn't need that many pages to reveal her. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh god no. There were there were it just yeah. When I was just reading the reader, it, uh, yeah. M. Lois and Clark knew she was head of the Invisible Mafia. Mm. Why they take so long to like. We all knew it. Yeah. Um, and then you had this, that, yeah. yeah. And then he had this like Bendisi kind of associated artwork with it. Uh, you know, he he does that from time to time, having this kind of uh, pseudo realistic, or you know, if he has Alex Maleve, just just a different type of comic comic book art yeah. um, there. So it's very Bendisi. I, I noticed it very much. So um, we were talking off air, Connor, about the the Lex Luthor. Um, I think I love the art, actually. Whoever did the Lex Luthor art, nice and clean, very nice comic art. Um, I think this is the artist on Jimmy Olsen. Okay. Oh. Apparently, oh. Jimmy Olsen's been killing it. Like, apparently, that's a really awesome book. Mm. So. Yeah, I've heard. Uh, so, the guy that does the art, so this must have been a Matt Fraction, then, if it's kind yeah. of like, yeah, okay. So, this is a Fraction story. Um, I mean, from what I've seen, Matt Fraction's Jimmy Olsen is pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. So I might, I might read it once it's done. I've read issue one. It's pretty good. And then, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't mind continuing it on if there was, you know, if I had enough money to to follow it. Um, but yeah, this was short and sharp. I mean, you said you liked this this little bit. I thought it was it was quite funny. It's just a little vignette um, of him. It's funny how the Lex section in the Superman villains book is like two pages. Yeah, yeah. Arch nemesis. Yeah. I thought we were going to get some meaty Lex content. But, I mean, this was good, though. Like, I love how... Like, and this is one of the instances where I love the Joker as well. Because, mm-hmm. of course, the Joker would find this hilarious. Yeah. And he's calling him up and just laughing in his message bank. Yeah. Like, continuously. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a, you know, it was, it was nice, short and sharp. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, the other two that I really liked and I spoke about was the Toy Man and um, and the Mongol one because I, I I learned a bit more about that. Did you know about that sort of generational thing with Mongol? No, I had no idea, yeah. and honestly, it kind of annoyed me because I just it just confuses me. Right. So, like at the end, is is the Mongol he's fighting in in twenty one in Superman? Is that the first time they've ever met? Yeah, because at the end of this, like Mongol sets off to, I think, attack Superman and the United Planets, doesn't he? It does seem that way, doesn't it? So this could well be the yeah, the other Superman. I'd have to go back and reference if he's actually talked about fighting Superman before in the um, in the Superman title. 
because then that would be a yeah. bit, bit of a crisscross of continuity. But uh, I know I kind of liked it. I like this idea. I, I never expected it to happen. Like you know, my father, I slew my father, and he slew his father. It just it, it just kind of adds. I think it's consistent with this kind of warmongering, bloodthirsty. I mean, it's very mongrel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's a little different. Um, so I really enjoyed. I just think. Yeah. I think you could have done that concept, but just made it less confusing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, you know, like it's a cool idea, but maybe it could have been executed. I know they could have done something like a Superman arc with it, and then that's kind of like a twist. Yeah, they could it's have. Like, oh no, I'm not that mongrel. I killed him. Yeah. I'm mongrel four thousand. Yeah, it sounds like an idea which they could have maybe um, used a bit more. Than just in this like yeah. you know short story, uh, but yeah, because yeah, you're right. I mean, I was confused as well. The first page of it, there's two of them, and and I just assumed it was like the artist's rendition of him walk, albeit they're in different outfits, but of the artist like showing Mongol walking. I had no idea. I, I just let it go, and then, <laughs> and yeah. then you kind of see him constantly in the background. Um, yeah, so a little confusing. You're right. Um, what do you think of the the Lombardi? One. Oh, Lombard. A Lombard, sorry. <laughs> uh, I, I, I remember liking it. I was just going to refresh my memory. Well, it's very short. Uh, um, I didn't really get it at all. I didn't even know yeah. he was like a villain, right? I thought he was an employee. No, Lombard's not a villain. He's just kind of like the jock. Yeah. He's always picking on Clark. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, is, uh, okay, so he's kind of is, a villain, yeah. Yeah, which is why it's highly amusing, because for all this time, it's like, oh, I've been picking on Superman. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, so um, I think, yeah. If you, if you don't know who he is, obviously, it won't land. Um, yeah, I, 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 I did like it. Yeah, okay. I mean, it makes a bit more sense. That kind of it kind of went over my head a little. I, I remember his name, and I remember us reviewing issues before, but um, I couldn't really remember. He's kind of like the Flash Thompson, isn't he, then? Right? Yeah, like yeah. I don't think he causes Clark any actual angst. No, not much anyway. Not like Flash. Oh, okay, right. And and Steve Lombard's a very minor character. Mm. Uh, but like uh, again, I believe this looks like it's Matt Fraction. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and I liked uh, you mentioned before, and I do to uh, read like the Toy Man. Yes. Yeah, I section. thought. Well, that seemed to be the longest. Uh, I could be wrong. It seemed to be like the longest story uh, yeah. out of it. Uh, I like the art. The art was very apt, I think, for this villain. Uh, Definitely. I, yeah. And again, sorry, my Marvel kind of side of things. So he's like the tinkerer, right? And he can, I imagine he can invent anything using the materials he's given because I love that little, he's got that little Pez dispenser in the jail, which is... Yeah, like he's just... He's like a super toy maker. Yeah. <laughs> so he can make like weird, yeah. like all sorts of high tech toys. So is he human? Is he yeah. human or, or? Yeah, he's human. Okay. So he's just really There's smart. There's been a couple of toy mans actually. And um, this this guy in post crisis went to really dark places, but it's not technically the same toy man. So. Yeah. Um, well, I, I like this story because uh, in a clever way, it's really given him, like, it gives him the purpose. Like, because he's he's kind of questioning his whole thing, having uh, with Superman revealing his identity, saying, oh, and, and he actually rethinks about Superman, first believing him to be kind of this um, un, uncaring 
you know, alien. Um, but yeah. now he's been kind of living and breathing amongst the humans and all that. Uh, but then uh, later on, that guy gets um, who who uh, what is it? He works for che- he runs Checkmate, uh, yeah. something Leviathan, and he actually gives him a purpose then to actually use his his abilities um, for something. So that's yeah, yeah, I, I like that. It, it kind of was a nice rounded story. So I'm not, I'm not sure exactly, because I, I don't remember Toy Man popping up in New 52, mm-hmm. uh, which is still technically that continuity, just with a bunch of records. Um, right. So I'm not sure what the state of Toy Man is, but like just looking at this story by itself, I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure who wrote it. I don't think it was... Uh, no, I don't know. Uh, let's, have a, let's have a look at the front cover. I don't think there was any Bendisisms that I really noticed. No, no, I wouldn't say it's... Bendis. There's Fraction and Jody Hauser, the other writers. Yeah. Uh, I don't recognise her. Um, uh, sorry, Jody Hauser. Yeah. yeah. Could be, it could be Jody Hauser. Um, well, there was this, oh, maybe she's on Supergirl. Yeah, she'd be on Supergirl as well. Um, which was like... So Supergirl's not a villain here? I know. I was about to ask you as well. So what's happened to her? So she's, I don't she's become... I, I didn't read her special. Um, okay. But in Hellraiser 4, she was clearly a villain working for Batman Who Laughs. Yeah. And so this doesn't really, like, in this, she would have to still be working for Batman Who Laughs. Yeah. But now she's just so, she's just like an emo. Yeah, but, like, it does make sense. So she's not really a villain here. She's just, no. like, really edgy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I know, because she was, remember the issues that we, she was super bad. She was, like, really yeah, evil. She, she's super bad in Hellraiser 4 as well, so this doesn't uh, make any sense to me. Yeah. Um, but, like, um, she does have, like, a kind of a point how he told her to, you know, he gave her all those lessons about disguising herself and stuff and why it's so important not to read your identity. Yeah. Um, but I can't remember. I'm pretty sure Superman talked to Kara before he did this. Mm. And I don't really care about them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so you said I love the bizarro part. I like the art. I like the I like the whole look of it and the aesthetic. But um, I don't know. It was a bit of a throwaway for me. Uh, I didn't really. He's talking to a cat. Yeah, I didn't really understand the cat thing, but I do like how he's like having this existential crisis. Yeah. yeah then who am I? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because he's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, a, I mean, again, it's very hard to, to get really attached to these short, these really short stories, one pages. Yeah, um, whereas we get the Daily Planet crap, mm. which is just going for so long throughout the whole issue. Yeah. Um, and it didn't need to go long because it's, like, really just ultimately saying, hey, we're exposing you as the head of the news yeah, so. it it's it has all the kind of um, hallmarks of Bendis just wanting to expand his story, but mm-hmm. not finding a book to put it in. And it's like, oh look, we've got this anthology. Oh, you know, why not? I just like we we put that in because it's not really. Yeah, it, as you mentioned at the beginning, it it doesn't really stick to the theme of this or what you think this theme is. Superman villains, right? And even no. when you looked at the Superman heroes, when that was all from the heroes' perspectives, um, yeah, it's very yeah. It's, it's I think it's an indulgence from from Bendis to 
to put yeah, in. Where's Rachel Ghoul's reaction? Where's Black Adam's reaction? Yeah. Where? What about all the others? What about all the other Superman villains that aren't Lex Luthor and Mongol? Yeah. Uh, I know. know. So like this, this sucked. There was like I think what was it like a few pages that I liked, but most of it was bad. Mm. Yeah. Um, and they're no big hitters, as you say. Lex is the Lex and Mongol. Who is it? Would you call Dark? Is it Dark Side? Would he be? Would he be Superman villain? Yeah, he kind of yeah he kind of borders like he wasn't made as a Superman villain. Yeah. but he, these days kind of borders on Superman slash okay. Justice League villain. Well then, Doom, um, Doomsday. I really think Darkseid would care, though. Yeah, yeah, Doomsday. I mean, he's a bit of a. Well, he's de- is he dead? Ooh. Who knows? Oh yeah, no, I'm pretty sure he's dead right now. Oh, okay, uh, right. But you know, you got like all these others. Um, yeah. yeah, no, there's there's like General Zod. Yes, yeah. What about um, Zoddy? But, uh, whatever. Issue anyway. sucks. Uh, what, what score did I give it? I'm trying to remember. Um, I'll let you go first. Ah, oh, look, I'm, I'm still gonna... I'll still give it a pass. I, I just... A flat 5 out of 10. Um, just because I enjoyed a bit of the artwork and, and some of the stories, like the art with Mongol and, and Toymaker, um, were, were quite good. I enjoyed And the, the small... Like, the little ones, like the ones that I got, like Lex Luthor... Um, that was pretty good, but yeah, uh, for the most part, um, exactly. I mean, as you mentioned, not what you'd expect. I was hoping to see more villains, like you saw in the front cover as well. I was hoping to see villains, you know. Yeah, and like yeah. I, people, I mean, I'm pretty sure I mentioned it on this podcast where I've been excited for this for a long time. So I'm mm. like, well, I'm sure this will be good because it's a special devoted to his to two villains. Yeah. And it's not. No, it isn't. <laughs> it's as you said. It it's really absolutely tremendous. You know, hijacking this anthology and pushing his plotline. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, so man, like, what, what, what a mess up. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um. How about you? What would you give? What would you give it? Uh, I gave it four point five villains okay. out of ten. Not that there were that many. Yeah, yeah, I was, uh, was teetering four and a half or five. Yeah, that, that sounds about right for, for me. Yeah. yeah. All right, shall we move on to Superman 21? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a, a lot better. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think this was like probably, yeah, well, it's just, this is what Ivan Rees artwork in Superman fighting Mongol. There was like less Bendis to walk in. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and, and we say it before as well, Ivan Reese's art, to me, really takes the, the front seat to this book. Yeah. Man, those action scenes, that splash page mm. at the beginning with, oh, yeah. with the explosions and the amount of detail and, and the charring bodies and, and the ships, really cool. And not only that, my big one is um, even that first page or second page, he can really draw huge guys, like, you know, Mongol. Mm. He just draws them really well. Um, and I just love Mongol's behavior here um yeah so it's, it's a really enjoyable oh yeah mongols are great mm. and he actually has this kind of plan as we see and he's yeah. heading to like when he when he saw him heading to earth uh in the next um uh, page i'm like oh i want to see what happens next mm. uh yeah. so i i i might have been misremembering but i, I really hope ivan reese is on art for the next issue Mm, I hope so too. Because without his art. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, 
But, like, the law was saying something. It's okay. Yeah, I'm coming around to that, actually, uh, a bit more. I, I didn't... Like, I was kind of rolling my, my eyes a bit before on the other issues, but um, I don't mind it too much now. Um, it, it's starting to kind of form a bit more, and she's... Um, yeah, I'm starting to come around to this idea of, um, you know, it's a big no-no what Superman's done and said, being the king of yeah. Earth and the ramifications for that. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't mind it that much. Um, I liked her, her interaction with, um, was it the Daily Star and, and that guy, yeah. and the guy, the um, the offsider, um, uh, Lois, she's still trying to kind of get some information. She tries to get him to email the the video yeah um, yeah i don't know when the daily star became a disreputable paper is that like a rebirth thing oh okay I yeah I, I, um, it's just a rival company isn't it that's all that was celsius clark works first oh okay right that's how anyway um yeah i thought it was like possible i thought i had good action and stuff yeah uh as you said there was some really nice pages at the start uh between like Mongol and superman's battle uh, yeah so i think six out of ten okay yeah again i'm a little bit higher i'd say six and a half um yeah it just the art really really got me as well just the, the little downside look, the downside i thought was just that abrupt um arrival of the the justice league um you know after oh, he really? calls him i don't know i mean like it, it just seemed from one page they just seemed to turn up really quickly i mean i know yeah. that's the that's the idea sorry that's a cat um, but yeah, I mean, it was good to see them, but it was just a little bit, a little bit, um, the pay, I don't know, jarring, it's, it just seemed to me, um, but, uh, I liked, yeah, like, and the idea, I, I forgot as well, because it had been a while since the last issue, how come the United Planets, how come they were starting to turn on themselves already, weren't they all ally, uh, allied to, um, take down Mongol, and then how come uh, all of a sudden, I don't know. Yeah. I, I didn't bother going back to check. I thought it was yeah. a bit odd that they started killing each other. Yeah. Um, I mean, the last we saw, they were um, they were shooting missiles and, and, and you know, blasting Superman and Mongol as one force. And then all of a sudden, yeah. uh, Mongol's killing a few of them, and then they're, they're now they're just killing each other. Oh, yeah, I didn't get that. So um, points taken for that as well. Um, yeah. But, yeah. All right. So... Um, Man, I can't wait for the next Batman and Superman. It'll be a nice change. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Like, so six, and I go six and a half. Superman twenty one. I thought it was, a, thought it was half decent. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, do we want to move on to our name? Let's do it. Um. So, are we going to go up, up, and away, Connor? Yes. But, hmm, where are we flying to? So. <laughs> I feel like taking a trip for a few different dimensions, different planes of reality. Who knows? Okay, no, that that sounds good. Um, we can certainly do that. How about we go up, up and away, and then on the other side of this break, um, we'll get. See where we are. Yeah. All right. All right. Here we go. Up, 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 up and, and away. away. Hey there! I'm sure you know about the Capes and Lunatics podcast, but have you heard about the Capes and Lunatics Sidekicks podcast? It's a 
fun home for classic and new reviews of just about everything. We have the Ultimate Spider Cast, where we cover everything Spider-Man. The Quantum Zone, where we talk the classic Marvel character Quasar and do deep dives on the cosmic side of Marvel. We also have Comic Capers, where we cover everything old and new in comics. could be anything, any company, any decade. And we also have our Media Mondays, where we cover some kind of TV show, be it a... Arrowverse uh, current hits or our summer specials where we do reviews of uh, classic episodes of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer spinoff Angel. So, if you're a fan of pop culture and media, you should really check it out. And I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Welcome back, Supervans. This is the synopsis for The Legend of the Green Flame. In 1949 Berlin, Janos Prohaska and Wang Chan of the Black Hawk Squadron go down into a deserted bunker covered in rats and littered with long dead bodies. The two are looking for a German secret weapon Janos heard about from a mysterious she. They come across a strange green railroad road lantern buried in a pile of rubbish. Janos is intrigued over the object as he is faintly reminded of a legend surrounding a green lantern, although he is unable to recall the specific significance of the lantern and he decides to take it with him. In the present day, Clark Kent finds Hal Jordan in Metropolis and invites him over to spend some time together. When Clark asks Hal about his romantic relationship with Aresia, Hal succinctly states we split. Clark, aware of how difficult a dual life and a relationship are to manage, also knows that any words as this moment would be too thin to offer any real comfort. He explains he's having a personal crisis, stating he used to be part of the Green Lantern Corps with a purpose and a plan, but with Owa drained and the Guardians having fled, all he is now is a man with a ring. After some reassurances from Clark, they accompany each other to a museum convention Clark is supposed to cover for the Daily Planet, and briefly run into Selina Kyle. They then find the Green Lantern discovered by Janos in an exhibition. Hal recognises it as a power battery, and tries loading his power ring in it, uh, despite Clark's wariness. The effect is disastrous, and a wave of magic energy kills both heroes, they wind up in the region of the just dead and encounter Dead Man, who explains that their deaths are not uh, irrevocable until they have gone into the light. He then tries using his ring to take them back to their bodies, the worst he could have done. Meanwhile, the Phantom Stranger sits in the apartment given to him by the Lords of Order, his current masters. Sensing that something else needs his attention, he finally leaves the apartment forever and dismisses the lords, who insist that he cannot leave his confinement. The Phantom admits to no membership of or affiliation with any group, and also denies belonging to this place or even having a home, because if he belonged, then he would cease to be a stranger. He bids the voices farewell, even as their threats of wrath echo in a e now empty room. Superman and Hal have wound up in hell, where Superman's super senses cannot experience anything but suffering, fear and pain. 
Horrified by realising that he can't save these innumerable souls, he is slowly going mad. The catatonic man of steel can't do anything but float around and cry, while a terrified Green Lantern desperately tries to wake him up. When the two of them are attacked by bloodthirsty demons, Hal once again uses his ring and they disappear. Superman and Green Lantern encounter the power that killed them, the sentient Green Flame, the remains of the magic energies of Moltis. The Green Flame explains that their deaths were a result of Jordan trying to load his scientific ring with supernatural energies. Then it tempts Hal to give in for the supernatural power of the Green Flame instead. At that point, the Stranger appears and teaches Hal how to tame the corrupt flame. Hal reads the oath of Alan Scott, loads his ring, and the threat of the Green Flame is neutralised. The Stranger then returns Hal's and Superman's souls to their bodies, disposing of the lantern. Alive after this experience, Hal is feeling better. Superman teaches, uh, tells Hal that even given tonight, um, it was good to see him and lets Hal know he's always just a call away. After a warm goodbye, the two heroes part. Yeah. All right. So, um, a um, quite a tale um, woven by yeah. Mr. Gaiman here. Um, definitely. You know, you can't, like, really miss the Neil Gaiman that much, and, you know, throwing Superman, or I really, I really like Green Lantern as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I found this because, not because I was looking for Neil Gaiman Superman, but because I was looking for Green Lantern and Superman crossovers, and mm. empty bonus. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think the strength of this lies in Gaiman's writing um, of the the banter, the conversation between Superman and Green Lantern. Yeah. Um, what I found that was very strong, uh, and the concepts were strong as well. Um, the the dressing around that, uh, particularly when they're in hell, to me was very very Gaiman. Um, you, yeah. you can kind of get his style straight away. Uh, even in the lead-up as well, the prologue, um, there's a little bit of that as well. But a, a very nice read, uh, and, mm. and the art was, um, uh, although it changed, uh, I didn't mind it too much. Um, I really love the, the art when, let me just for, uh, go forward, uh, it's, it's when basically uh, when that huge green flame first starts and, and Superman's taken taken back um, yeah i love that art the and um and the other art when i think not not when they're in hell although that is good i mean all the art is good but i'm just saying my favorite ones yeah with the green flame chapter four that was my favorite. yeah mm. yeah yeah i mean that would yeah that that is i think the best art in the book mm. they're confronting the green flame um and like so yeah because like i went into this because I've heard from, like, I looked into it. Apparently, this is pretty proto Sandman okay. story. Yeah. Um, which I find interesting. Uh, just from what I've read of Sandman, which isn't much, but it's really, really good. And it definitely does seem like he starts to do, as you said, there's some gaminisms in there. Yeah. Um, there's, does it more in Sandman. But, uh, mm-hmm. like, I was, I was kind of expecting, like, this, uh, weird dimension hopping rock and we got that but what the story was really about was the friendship of these guys 
was that was the whole point and through line yeah. of the story, which I didn't expect, mm-hmm. but which was a nice surprise as well. Yeah, I mean, from someone, uh, do you? I mean, you're you're learning about Green Lantern as well, or, or you you have been following him for a while? Or no, I'm learning about him. Yeah, I'm like a new Green Lantern fan. Yeah, um, I've read a, I've read like uh, some Silver Age offerings, Bronze Age offerings, mm-hmm. the Golden Age. I haven't read much um, like modern era, but this was written. Like before the modern era, anyway. So yeah, I mean, so you've read uh, you've read more than I have of Green Lantern, but um, I'm kind of I know the basics. Yeah, I mean, I know the very bare basics as well. But it was good. It was it was nice to to kind of learn about him a little bit more here. Um, and there were yeah. some, some bits at the beginning which I guess they assumed that you knew. I mean, his relationship with what Aresia. Um, and all that, yeah. so I didn't. Yeah I, would, I think, yeah, I didn't really know what was happening there, but that was okay. It didn't get too much into it. Yeah, lines like that, I just I assumed were part of their book at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, which and like it, it didn't affect the story anyway. No, so no, no. Just, you know, so, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, apart from that, it's a nice kind of nice way to get to know the Green Lantern. Um, Although this is very much one side of him, right? I'm assuming his title, you know, this adventure with Superman um, and the way he acts. I mean, you've read, is it The Blackest Blackest Night as well? That's a massive bit. I haven't read Blackest Night. Okay. But, you know, huge things happen to him there. This thing here, um, huge things happen here as well, but you don't really... To me, I didn't get the sense that you see him in in full force um, because he's... To me, he's more cosmic, right? He he be traversing space and all that, so you don't really get the the general gist of, of Green Lantern. But at the same time, it was it was quite nice just to see him. Um, yeah, yeah, well, he, he does some stuff, but like they're they're pretty powerless for most of the story. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, because like I do like I do really like when he recites Alan, uh, the Golden Age Green Lantern's oath. Mm-hmm. Because uh, yep. the whole thing, which you probably picked up on, is that the green flame and magic is what the Golden Age Green Lantern used. Yes, yeah. Instead yeah. of the... Uh, so it was really cool how it tied into that. Well, um, yeah, the green flame, but that, that lantern that they fi- found wasn't the one that Alan Scott used, right? It just no, had, no, I don't that think was, it was. No, but yeah, that, that, but that still used the green flame, which Alan Scott had used before, so... Yeah, yeah. and then wound up in like, the heart of that whatever which is just wasn't <laughs> yeah yeah like I, I love stuff like that like i mean you know you give me superman and green lantern going through various dimensions like this i will give you all of my money um yeah yes yeah. so like let's talk let's talk about hell yeah okay because i think this was like i think this is like a big takeaway for a lot of people who read it mm-hmm. um and this is Alan Moore's idea, apparently, which doesn't surprise me at all. Okay. Um, and Alan Moore's idea was specifically putting Superman in hell. Yes, that's right. That was uh, as mentioned in the the prelude or the um, the forward. Oh, you read that too? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Then you know exactly what I'm talking about. So, mm-hmm. um, which is apparently from his Swamp Thing run, which yeah. is you know I, I really like that uh, fight, and it's a very Alan Moore idea. I feel like it he is, wrote it more is. Superman. He probably would have thrown Superman in hell at some point. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he likes torturing the guy, obviously. Yeah, if it wasn't Alan Moore, it would be Gaiman, I reckon, anyway. I think he just beat him to the punch. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, 
Yeah, I found this interesting because, you know, like, what does Superman, like, hell, when you talk about hell, it's like, you get like the sort of, from what I understand, this hell is a very Dante-style hell. Mm. Um, we don't really see much in here, but he's using the same hell that was in Swamp Thing, which is apparently as Robert, uh, friend of the show from the Swamp Things podcast, uh, he said that. It was a Dante hell in Swamp Thing, mm-hmm. so I assume this would be. And like, so Superman exposed to like, I mean, the worst thing in the universe, but he has like super senses. Yeah. Um. So I found this interesting that he frees up, freezes up, and nearly goes mad because like, obviously he sees, hears, yeah, every single soul in hell, which is probably a lot. And another thing he brings up later is that one of the things that made it worse is that they were. Um, it's not enjoying it, but it's like not wanting to be saved or something. Yeah. So he doesn't know what to do at all. Like, it's not like they're just being tortured that he can run around and just save everyone. It's yeah. like they kind of want it, and it's just... It's kind of so that, I thought this was interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of that thing where, um, you know, like the devil or, or hell kind of beats you down that you're in such despair that, you know, you're, you're, you're suffering, you hate it, but uh, it's that kind of thing that you're just tempted to just, like, let go and not... Yeah. And not, um, yeah, and basically give up. Um, so, no, yeah, this is good. Uh, the the gamanisms I, I was referring to here that I found very gamanesque, um, not directly, but it just sounds it like his use of the language. Um, so the there's parrot a, people or whatever? The parrot people, but just the, yeah, <laughs> like the... Um, uh, yeah, just just the jargon that he uses, like um, uh, moon moon calf and uh, and where mm. are we here? Jeez, um, there's there's a whole lot more. Uh, hang on, uh, festal squirm and sir gruel flutter. Um, pray remove your hooves from my posterior trunk. <laughs> you, you know that's all. Smeglet, all these very yeah. all these made up words to me sound kind of very much like a playful game. And um, so yeah, that that was I, I kind of really enjoyed that. Um, but at the same time, to me, it was very on the nose gaming. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, um, squash. Um, yeah, I don't really consider that a bad. No, 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 not not at all. Um, but it was, I mean. If you compare that to say the Bendisisms we talk about, which is oh, annoying and grating, <laughs> yeah, um, these are the uh, gamanisms, but they're they're apparent. Like you're conscious of them because they are so so styled um, after well, their writing. His gamanisms don't affect Superman or Green Man. No characters dialogue. I'm like, yeah. Change the... It's a yeah, it's a use of and he's using it properly. I mean, like again, like if you're talking about voicings, this sort of like crazy voicings are coming from hellish characters, you know. So, so it makes sense. It's like not everyone sounding the same, <laughs> you know, yeah. which which would be kind of a trap that Bendis would can fall into from time to time. So, um, yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, uh, Superman's been to hell before, well, maybe not before this, but he's been to hell after this. Mm. And his reaction hasn't been the same. I think it's like, I think this is like hell, hell, though, and like the other hells are sort of DC hell, if that makes sense. Right. Um, like they're very, you know, it's a dude called Satanus, and he's like, ha ha ha, and Superman's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah. So I love, yeah, I love these demon parrot things. These guys get messed up, though. They have to get their, uh, oh, yeah. They have to get their butt saves. Um, yeah. 
They're in big oh, trouble. Oh, Green Lantern does it, but like, yeah, yeah, Green Lantern saves them, but they're well, pretty much dead afterwards anyway. Yeah, he pretty much, um, it's pretty much a Hail Mary at the end from Green Lantern, and he, and he gets kind of impaled as well, which, yeah. which is quite shocking. I mean, I know we saw something like that in the cover, but when I when I was reading this, it's like, oh, jeez, okay. He, yeah, it was, it was violent. Get, yeah, it's quite violent. Um, but everything's just so surreal that, you know, you just got to take mm. everything with a pinch of salt. And uh, I like the way it kind of ended, very ambiguous, like the lead-up, the uh, the close-up of the, the parrots or the eagle or whatever it is, Zai. Um, and did he uh, eat? He eats mm. Superman? Yeah, yeah. Um, not Superman, but they eat parrot or whatever. Oh, oh, okay. The parrot who lost them. Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They eat him as punishment. Yeah, because he him, I should say. Because he had a bit um, of the red cape, it seemed in um in his mouth. But yeah, I think that was probably just a remnant or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I love the Phantom Stranger stuff. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know too much about him. I know that you've spoken a lot. Um. Yeah, so you you loved his his uh, his involvement. Well, that, that's one of the beauties of Phantom Strangers. No one really knows that much about him. There's rumors that he might be Judas, or that he might be a fallen angel. Okay. Uh, you know, he has a couple of origins. Like he just wanders around helping people with a like magic event. Okay. Uh, he's very powerful. Yeah, the Batman who laughs captured him and got information out of him through torture, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> so is he is he on par with the Spectre or? Uh, I don't think so. I wouldn't say that. Okay. Uh, the Spectre is like, yeah, you know, he's, he's, he's well, but yeah. like, I really liked Famous Stranger in this. Um, I like his interactions with Lord of Water as well. Yeah, I mean, to be yeah. honest, I was a little confused with it all. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, um, yeah. But what, what was that line he said? Like, you know, otherwise I wouldn't be a stranger or something. Like, yes. I love that. Yeah, yeah, uh, this is not my. This can't be my home. Otherwise, uh, I won't be a stranger. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's supposed to be in this like forever kind of wandering exile. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, and no, it was cool. I mean, again, not knowing too much about him, I. Uh, and I know that we saw little bits of him in the lead up to it, um, so that kind yeah. of will, will discount it. But like to me, it was like you know, Superman and Green Lantern were in, in a, a lot of trouble, and he's kind of like the Deus Ex Machina. You know, he just come in and that's it, a savior, and and that's it. Um, oh, he totally is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that that's like his whole thing. Like yeah. he shows up. Yeah, but so at um, least at least you see a little bit of him before. But as I said, I, that kind of went over. I didn't really understand that. I, I I liked the bit where he um he could see through Green Lantern's um, you know, uh, invisible screen or whatever. He he cordons off that room in yeah. the in the thing. Uh, so he's he's above all that. But yeah, then I just see him at the end, and he just basically, uh, in a whim, he just uh, he fixes everything. Um, but he well, doesn't fix everything. Like, Hal's the one who saves the day, really. Yeah, okay. Like, he... Okay, Phantom Stranger, he, like, returns into their bodies and stuff. Yeah. Well, no, actually, he doesn't. He just explains he, that he, they he, will, but Hal's the one who defeats the Green Flame. Yeah. Superman's there essentially for, like, moral support, I guess. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still Hal. Uh, but, yeah. Um, and, like, I just like, like, who am I? I'm a friend, Hal, and you know, 
Yeah, so, you know, because he knows everything about them. And, um, yeah, no, it's true. But he does give a lot of information to the Greenland. Yeah, it just seemed that he did come in to... Um, because the guys were largely clueless for the the whole part. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're right. He, he does... Greenland does... Um, does stop it. And what does he do? Uh, so he... he, he um, so basically... Alan Scott's like, oath, yeah. Yeah, he bends the green flame to his will. Yeah. The way Alan Scott... Did. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is just really cool, like sort of honouring the legacy and stuff. Yeah. Um, because, you know, Alan Scott had the Green Lantern oath. Yeah. Um, because, like, Alan Scott, he was, like, his own boss. He didn't answer to the Guardians or anything. Oh, so, right, okay. Because um, he was using the magic that they threw away. Yeah. Uh, so... You know that that was really cool. Um, like you know, I I went in this issue and I came away a little disappointed because mm. it wasn't what I was expecting. But yeah, when I thought about it and when I'm like, oh, I actually really like this. Yeah, um, it's different, but it's not. That doesn't mean it's bad. No, um, no. I reckon I I reckon another reread. If I do another reread, um, it will come off a, a lot better. Um, again, yeah, I, did, I guess I didn't know what to expect. I, I really did enjoy the um, uh, Superman and Green Lantern playing off each other. Um, yeah. But, yeah, uh, just us discussing it now has given me a little bit more on the Phantom Stranger and, and such. Um, so it would be good to reread it again. But, yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it um, for the most part. I thought the, can I just say that the last... Three two pages of art, art. I, I thought well, was woeful. <laughs> I um, it just it, it didn't add anything to the story. It it didn't um, it just seemed out of place with everything else. I mean, I know we had different art previously, but even the the art before, which to me looked kind of like David Ayer, um, like the more si- uh, simple art mm. was pretty was pretty good, and it did seem to fit in. But that art at the end, I mean. That art, the, it's it's not great, but on the flip side, the writing is. Oh, the writing is, yeah, but, like really good. Yeah, um, and it's only two pages at the end, but still, I mean, for that to end off with just those two pages uh, was a little bit of an, a um, little bit of an anticlimax. Yeah, I feel like the art could be better. Yeah, um, that's more of a nitpick from me, though. Mm-hmm. Although that being said, like it is the art the final art of the issue, but for me, it's nitpicks and. Probably hugely. I just, I love oh. the, like, you know, I wonder what Clark experienced in the abyss. I don't suppose I'll ever know. I'm not sure yeah. entirely, but I want to. Um, yeah. I've always been, like, interested in Superman experiencing, like, the ultimate horrors of the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and how he reacts and how he carries on. Because there was, like, a... So this issue was interesting because, you know, he's not... He doesn't have, like, PTSD afterwards. Mm. We don't know what he's thinking. Yeah. But he, he handles it, you know, and it's like uh, when I was, there was a really good uh, Christmas special between Constantine and Clark. Yeah. And Clark, one of Clark's tradition, Christmas traditions is he goes to a bar and he essentially bitches about Superman for an hour. <laughs> but how useless he is out of some sort of self-loathing. Yeah. And uh, Constantine's at the same bar. And John knows who he is. John Constantine, I mean, he knows who he is, so they just start talking, and um, he's like, you know, you've seen all the horrible things that I have, you know how horrible the universe really is, yeah. how are you, like, you and me, like me, 
if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like a really nice scene where he takes over a Christmas dinner and stuff. (laughs) um, So I, this kind of just made me think of that a lot, like experiencing the ultimate horror, I guess. Um, Okay. Oh, you mean the the whole that this whole this whole tale? Well, hell, really. Yeah, yeah. The hell part. Um, And did you do you like the little touch at the end with action? Um, the guy taking off the fatal attraction um, signage, and he just. Uh, yeah, I. <laughs> so I think I guess it's just the call to Action Weekly, which was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which I think. It's a typical. Uh, it sounds. It, it seems like a very DC thing to do, you know. Um, yeah. Before we move on to the behind the scenes stuff, with yeah. this issue, because I want to talk about that a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked the Dead Man portion where they're kind yeah. of in limbo. Yeah, I like the art actually in that as well. The art was really... That's probably my favourite art in the issue. Yeah. Well, see, that that is a good example of the art actually um, serving um, like the, the setting. It, it really does create, to me, it really does kind of create that um, the feeling of, of being in that limbo with the Dead Man. Um, yeah. Oh, cool. absolutely. Like, it's just kind of formless... Mm cloudy kind of void they're in and yeah. dead man cracked me up he was great yeah um, i'm so glad i knew that he was a bit of a comedian before because um yeah uh, from kingdom come yeah 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 okay good yeah uh so uh, his interactions were pretty fun yeah he was good um, <laughs> you're superman you're the sci-fi guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah no no i enjoyed yeah. that totally yeah yeah um, yeah, so, uh, I don't know, did you want to talk about the behind-the-scenes stuff? Or um, was there anything else from there? Yeah, so, the fact that the whole thing where it's like, because you read this too, uh, this was like a finale to Action Comics Weekly. Yeah. And he had to fit in all the characters. Mm-hmm. And I think he did that really well. Yeah, he um, did. Like, he had to fit in some characters, like, like he had to fit in Black Cat. Oh, she just gets a cameo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't derail anything. No. You know? And then stuff like Phantom Stranger and Dead Man, he wove into the story he did. organically. Yeah. Um, you know, like, they, they didn't, uh, especially Dead Man, he didn't, like, steal a spotlight or anything. He was there at a sensible place time and they moved on with Green Lantern and Superman. Yeah. Um, so I thought I thought he did a really good job wrapping it up. And then of course you get the hubbub where it's like, oh but actually we don't want Green Lantern to know Clark's identity right now. Yeah, yeah, so that was he's a, not gonna publish this. Yeah, that was a big thing, wasn't it? Um and obviously because like, I remember reading this and then starting to read the story, it's like, yep, Gaiman's definitely made a call to, to I mean, because they meet up straight away. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Gavin didn't even know that when he wrote this. They decided that after he wrote it. And yeah. And they just couldn't publish it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like the dumbest thing. And letting stuff like that get in the way of a good story. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But uh, I guess it's had a happy ending because this did get published. It did. In the year 2000, so. Yeah. And, you know, he got paid for his script and everything when it he did. first came. Yeah. So that was good. So it wasn't like, you know, how annoyed would you be? Um, no, I, I think it's a good, a good, um, 
the mark of a good writer as well, as you say, like, so not knowing, say, the fact that if you didn't read this forward and you didn't know that he had to, you know, he was to include all these characters, it's still a good story. Knowing that he included all the characters in Action Weekly, it still doesn't, you don't read it going, oh, I can tell now that he's actually put Dead Man in, Phantom Stranger. Yeah, exactly. You, you don't, you don't, because he, he has so well, he's integrated them so well that, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not an issue at all. Which is like a impressive feat. Yeah, <laughs> it like, is. That would be oh, yeah. pretty hard. Yeah, he's a great writer. I'm, I'm a big yeah. fan of gaming. Um, so uh, it's, um, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um, so I guess before we wrap up, I just want to say my favourite page of the issue. Yeah. It's Clark and Green Lantern standing in front of the giant. Oh yeah, that's oh yeah, that's that's nice. I'm just flicking through through it now. That's my money shot. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there's there's a there's a few of them, aren't there? Over oh, there's here? there's probably better in the book, but that's my personal favorite. That is a good one. I love that. Yeah. Green Flame is just awesome. Uh, to me, it would either be the introduction of Hell, uh, the colors in that brilliant with um with Green Lantern mm-hmm. hanging off Superman's legs, uh, and Superman just in this kind of like horizontal pose. Uh, yeah. with, I love that lava, um, and also just that that big money shot near the beginning where um, the the green flame kind of backfires first, and um, Clark is um, kind of thrown back with Green Lantern. Oh, I don't know, just really nice. Uh, the colorist, the coloring plays a lot in this as well. I must be pretty stupid not to notice this until now, but uh, Superman's pose is kind of Christ-like. Yeah, in, in in hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which which actually does fit. Yeah, um, I, I didn't want to say that because I know how you you didn't like uh, <laughs> you don't like the comparisons, right? Oh, uh, it's fine. Like it was fine in Kingdom Come. Okay. Like it, it it was a it was a plus in Kingdom Come. Superman being the Christ figure from Revelations. It's just sometimes it's like when you try to put it everywhere. If you try to be like Superman was created as an analogy, right, right. But like, there's definite parallels, and I think you know. Uh, Superman weeping over the tortured souls in hell. Mm. Uh, over an old I'm, Spanish galleon. That, that's it's so cool. I love this, yeah. this imagery. <laughs> like this is hell. Like everyone's on board there. Yeah, Superman's just eating it up. Um, yeah, yeah, bubbling <laughs> it up. Yum yum. Yeah. Um, all right. So shall we move on to feedback? Yeah. Sure. Sure. Oh, so, you know, we didn't talk about the cover, and we didn't do the credits. Oh so yes. We do that for a Good point. Uh, so cover, um, I I saw the cover and I was reading the story and I'm like, oh, it's not that long. And then it'll be obviously that's referring to the hell section. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's a good cover. It's a striking cover. It is a striking cover. The, the first thing you you notice is um, is that both uh, characters are impaled by some talons. <laughs> um, well, yeah, yeah, you're like, oh, this is going to be pretty dark. <laughs> yeah. And actually, I like the the title as well, Legend of the Green Flame. It kind of mm. has a nice ring to it. Uh, it's quite a, a... You're kind of intrigued by it. Yeah. 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 Um, and the, so it was written by Neil Gaiman, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, the artists were Eddie Campbell, Mark Buckingham, John Totleben, Ma- uh, Matt Wagner, Jim Aparo, Kevin Nowlin, Jason Little. Uh, the pencilers were Mike Alred and Eric Shanoa. And the inkers was Perry Austin and Art Adams. The letterer was Todd Klein, and the colorist was Matt Hollingsworth and Kevin Nowlin. And uh, can we mention the front cover? The uh, oh, uh, sure is uh, Frank Miller 
and uh, and cover color Matt Hollingsworth. Ah, oh, it is too. It is once you look at it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't yeah, notice at all. Once I once I saw Green Lantern's hands. Okay, I'm thinking once I see Superman's cape, you kind of the, you know that right. frizz, the frizzled. But you're right, and there it is, FM. You can see down there as well. Oh. Yeah, Frank. I mean, good work, Frank. Well, he's done. Uh, he's done a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you know, the cover's good. Yeah. The art, the interior art's much better. Oh yeah, absolutely. But the cover's still good, and the fact that I didn't spot it. As Frank Miller, <laughs> it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. you know, like because yeah. um, some of his art these days is, ooh, but uh, you know, this is like okay. Yeah, um, yeah, I definitely see it now. Mm. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, the hands, you're right. Yeah. yeah, very interesting. Well, I'm glad that he didn't. You didn't get into the the faces. Like he's just put them like black and and kind of silhouette yeah. because yeah, it's good. Oh, and we should say this book was dedicated to Gil Kane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we covered Gil Kane on this podcast. He's done a few seven energies, the Brainiac saga. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he did, you know, Iron Fist, obviously, you know. But, uh, yeah, so shall I get to the feedback we have? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so this feedback is from friend of the show, Kevin Swanson. He's done a uh, request or two. And he's a listener of the show. He's a bit behind. But when I sent him this, this is the issue that we're doing. He seems pretty interested. And I told him to read it. And he's like, yeah, I'll read it. He's, he loves me. So, mm-hmm. um, okay. So, uh, Superman Green Lantern team up. Even though I've barely read any Green Lantern and not much Superman, I'm sold conceptually right away. I'm imagining a deep space romp, aliens, talking planets. <laughs> And then I see it's written by Neil Gaiman. I'm double sold. Anyone who has read Sandman, American Gods, basically anything Gaiman writes, you know it will be different if nothing else and probably really good at the same time. Then Mike Allred art is just a cherry on top, one of my all-time favourites, mostly because of ecstatics. On to the comic itself. Art was great throughout, except the last two pages. (laughs) Those were a jarring change. You definitely see it was Allred right from when Hal says hi, uh, disappointed he only did chapter one, but the rest are no slouch. The Hell Chapter art is berserk, and Chapter 4 Superman is fantastic looking and great. Uh, the story was yeah. different, to be sure. I don't know anything about Phantom Stranger, really, so I'm sort of lost in those sections. Each chapter almost felt like it was written by someone else or at a different time. We jumped from Hell to being a flashy show up in the park with Muggers to literal Hell where Superman is seeing pain. The pain of every inhabitant all at once. But every part of the story is interesting as a, as a part, so combined into a whole, it works. Overall, I wish this could have been expanded a trade side, or the 10 to 20 issue run with Gaiman at the helm could have been some solid gold. Oh, yeah. But this story was great for a one-shot 8 out of 10. Oh, nice. Man, like, I so agree about... So, I really forgot to mention this. I was... After I finished this, I'm like, it's a shame he wrote this as a wrap-up to Action Comics Weekly, because mm. this could be a kick-ass trade. Yeah. Agreed. Like, you could have six issues of these two characters and expand this story. Yep. And it could easily fill out those six issues. And... Oh, absolutely. I reckon that it's rife for expansion. It had so many endless possibilities there. Um, yeah. But we still get a great tale. Um, oh, definitely. We, so... we still got this, and I guess it kind of got expanded because this is kind of proto-Sandman. Yep. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you... We just didn't get it with Superman and Hell because, yeah. understandably, this turned him off. 
trying to work with Sydney Gibbons. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and he refined his craft all the way through Sam, man. It just get, it just gets better and better. Mm. Um, the thing with Mike Ulred, I, I was actually surprised. I didn't pick up on that art because I'm, I'm used to his art. It's the same guy, I'm pretty sure, Mike Ulred. Um, I used to his art on the Dan Slot Silver Surfer run. Um, mm. and, and ecstatics as, as well It's even, I don't know, it, it's, to me, it's different. Um, very different to his art here. Uh, are you, are you familiar with a lot of his art as well? No. It's very cool. It's very, I don't know what you call it, pop culture-y. Um, he's got a definite soul. Have a look at, at Dan Slott's Silver Surfer run with Michael Ridd or even the ecstatics and, and you'll know what I mean. The, the, the faces and stuff are very distinct, but I th- yeah. this must be, I don't know, he must have deliberately changed his style or something um, because this is not that long ago. Maybe it is. When, sorry, when was it first written? In the, in the, uh, like, it's would have been like, we're talking the 80s? Like late 80s. Yeah, 80s. Okay, so maybe he has. 88. So 20, 20 odd years he has changed his style. But, but I mean, this this would have been drawn in 2000. Oh, right, because it's just the script. Right, it was just the script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Oh, that's right. And and um, some friend had it or something or didn't have it yeah, and they found it. Yeah, and fe- yeah, that's right. Um yeah, okay. Well, still, then, this is very... To me, it's not typical Mike Allred art. I, I wouldn't have picked it up, but uh, I do love his art. Um, and, yeah, anyway, just want to yeah. make that point. Um, so, I, there's actually a couple of things, because we didn't really cover the park. I just want to talk about that briefly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Hal's, you know, spilling his guts, which I think is really great. I like Hal. Um, I like this scene, actually. I liked it, yeah. And Hal's talking, you see... Here, you see Clark look off in the distance, then he comes back with a cat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a rescuing cat, cat from a tree, probably. Yeah. Um, and the best part is, like, you know, Hal's like, I'm going to Clark. Hal's like, Hal, I think I'm being mugged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. This is good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And this, you're just mugging Green Lantern and Superman. And Superman. Uh, the worst luck. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, over the top at the end as well. Um, Probably yeah. stop here for muggers. Um. Yeah, and and you know, uh, didn't he say be discreet about it? <laughs> and yeah, so he did. Uh, got a giant cage um, with neon sign. It's, it's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So this story uh, really good. Um, I expected it more to be about the kind of cosmic stuff and finding some sort of cosmic truth, mm-hmm. uh, but it ends up more being about. Uh, the relationship between Clark and Hal, yep. which is fine. Uh, these two are really great together. I love both characters. Hal's my favourite Green Lantern. Um, you know, he's one of my favourite DC characters. Top three for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, even, I'm not sure where him and Swamp are they're, they're oh, yeah. each other right now <laughs> for number two. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I love this. Um and I love Phantom Stranger. This, uh, yeah, it was good. I really liked it. Uh, nice your one. final thoughts? Uh, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it well. I mean, uh, apart from um, not totally understanding stuff like the, the Phantom Stranger, it, it didn't detract from it. It was just, yeah. um, the, again, uh, the last two pages, it's a small, it's a small quibble. Because it, it, in this scheme of things, it's only two pages. If you've got to look at everything else... Um, oh, but it is. It's, it's still, you know, 
legitimate yeah it yeah and it just does kind of take you out of it and and these are so different yeah and and it's the last kind of it's the last impression that you get of the story as well before you Mm. before you close the book so that was a little bit of a uh, um a little bit disappointing but overall the writing Absolutely brilliant. I loved it. Um, Neil Gaiman does really well. He's, to me, his voicings are, are, are brilliant. Um, and, uh, yeah, I love it, the language that he uses as well. Uh, you can kind of, I don't to me, you can kind of, <laughs> you can t- kind of tell he's, he's British in some instances <laughs> with his writing. Um, just very, um, yeah, very articulate. Um, yeah. But not being, not being so that everyone speaks like they're a, a scholar. You know what I mean? Like, so he so keep... you're just saying he has a bit of vocabulary. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> if you look, uh, uh, even at least a better made-up vocabulary as well. I really sure. enjoyed that that hell scene. Um, mm. But he, he knows how to round out characters, and the concept for this story was pretty cool as well. So, yeah, uh, yeah no, so I really enjoyed it. Yeah, um, cool. So... Um, man, it's, it's a real shame, uh, that the only other major superhero he's done is Batman. He's done a few D-listers, because he likes his D-listers, and they don't have editorial appearance, yeah. He's done Batman, he's done Batman, has he? Pardon? He said he has done Batman, has he? Yeah, he's done, he's done a really famous Batman story called Whatever Happens to the Cape Crusader. Oh, okay. Which is kind of the Batman Whatever Happens to the Man of Tomorrow, I guess. Oh. Uh, and I think he did... A uh, couple of other, so he did like a Green Lantern and Poison Ivy, oh. Secret Origins thing. Uh, I think he did, yeah, he did a couple of Batman things, and he did a bunch of dealers characters like Elastic Man, um, Element Man. Wow, I'm surprised. Like surprised he didn't do like Constantine or anything like that. No, yeah. not that I've seen. Well, I mean, Constantine pops up in Sandman. Yeah. So, well, oh, yeah, I mean, that's yeah, his, like, his own stuff, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, it, it's cool that we got at least one Superman offering, yeah. from him, uh, between these characters. Uh, he obviously has a good voice for both these characters, yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, was my, that was just my musing thoughts, mm-hmm. and Chapter four is so great, but uh, <laughs> so I'll go first. Yeah, I yeah. will give this eight point five green flames out of ten. Okay, green flame eight point. Yeah, okay. I, I give it um a little different from our previous two reviews. I will give it an eight, uh, a nice big eight um mm. for it. So just a bit under yours. Um, but yeah, really enjoy, uh, the strength of it for me really does come from the writing. Um, and we're not uh. You know, we're not hurt with with most of the art as well. It is a, a quite a pleasure to 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 uh, look at um, Hell yeah. as well. I just love the detail. Um, you know, you can over detail mm. things, but I think it was very well done in in the Hell chapter. Um, I just loved all you know the fine detail of it. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Uh, you know, it's something I'll definitely read. I'm really glad I own it physically. Yeah, as well. great. Um. You know, so, uh, yeah, uh, I recommend this one, guys. Yeah, definitely. It's good, uh, especially for, you know, Superman fans or Green Lantern fans mm. or Neil Gaiman fans or all of the above. 
yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm interested to, if there are any super listeners now who happen to be big Green Lantern fans, I'd be interested to know like what your thoughts are of how Gaiman's written Green Lantern. Um, I'm mm. sure it's really good, but um, yeah, just curious as to, to how he's kind of drawn him. I think from what, what I read, uh, Neil Gaiman's like a pretty big Green Lantern fan. Okay. Right, right. when you were saying in the thing. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I felt like his Green Lantern was good. But yeah, yeah. no, uh, any Green Lantern super listeners, uh, feel free to drop us a line. Yeah. Especially of the, you know, pre-crisis hell variety or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, let uh, us know. But um, can, can I just say also as well, just that one final thing um, yeah. with Dead Man. So Gaiman, it shows that you know, because sometimes writers struggle with a little bit of comedy, and sometimes the the humor's forced. Um, but I really did enjoy how Gaiman wrote Dead Man, not even knowing the character, just knowing that the character is meant to be a bit kooky, a bit funny. Uh, I don't know, maybe it's the the uh, the English humor. That I really like, but I, I don't know. He, he's the, the way he wrote him was pretty. Uh, I thought it was really well done. Oh, it was great. Yeah, yeah. There could be worse things than being greeted by Dead Man when you yeah. enter the afterlife. Yeah. Um, actually, so what? Ah, uh, there was there was one really good line he had. Um, okay, I can't find, <laughs> but. Um, uh, he mentions, oh yeah, famous last words, mine were, gee, from up here, it looks like that guy with the hooks got a rifle. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah that's right. Uh, yeah, anyway, um, so, let me know what we're doing next time. Oh gosh, we we talked about a lot of the stuff coming up. Um, yes, we do. We are doing the uh, request from Robert. Okay, sure. Yes. I- I'm down with that. Yep. Uh, All right, sweet. So, Robert, uh, your request will be next. I believe it's Adventures of Superman or Superboy, and it's uh, Legion Story. You said uh, introduces the Legion. So, oh, uh, interesting. Be cool, something different to talk about. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, we, we haven't really got into Legion territory. No, at all. Not I don't, much, anyway. Yeah, um, I don't know how I feel about that, but I, I, you know, I'm going to be going in with an open mind. Should be okay. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, until then, uh, you know. Uh, um, <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's I know, I'm thinking of hell. I'm thinking of the Green Lantern flame. I'm thinking of cosmic adventures. Yeah. How does this apply to reality? Um, <laughs> Until then, uh, your friends are awesome. Wow, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll go with that. Um, That's all I can come up with. <laughs> all right, catch ya. Friendship. All right, <laughs> see ya. Superman and all other characters in these comics are properties of DC. Any images or music we use are properties of their respective copyright holders. We are doing this for fun and not making money off it, so please don't sue us. You can contact us at lskpodcast at gmail.com and find us on our Libsyn, lskpodcast.libsyn.com, our Twitter at lskpodcast, our Facebook page, Last Sons of Krypton, a Superman podcast. And last but not least, thank you everyone for listening.